FreeAgent.com mid-major podcast episode two. I'm Chris McKee. I mean, I'm bouncing off the walls with excitement today. Yesterday, day one of the 2020-21 college basketball season. It finally came. They said it wasn't coming, and it did, and it was glorious, man. I had so much fun watching it. It, it kind of had that feel of day one of the of the tournament. You know, I'm flicking around, bunch of different games on TV, and uh, you know, just just the general vibe was so awesome. It just reminded me of day one of the NCAA tournament, and a lot more games today. It was funny. I was I was going to do um, a podcast preview leading into this to try and preview some of the games, but what I've decided is it's not happening because half the games I was going to preview ended up being canceled, postponed. And but I'm not here to talk about that. I don't really want to get into that. One of the things, one of the best tweets I saw about that whole situation. John Rothstein tweeted out that, like, hey, you know what? 88% of Division I teams are still playing this week, so let's focus on that. And that's going to be my mantra pretty much throughout the season. I, I don't want to talk about cancellations, postponements, but some of the stuff we will run through today. I mean, the most magical game of, of day one, I thought, Georgia State beating Georgia Tech for the first time since 1976, 123-120 in double overtime. We'll talk a little bit about that. The big news of the week, Andrew Nemhart, the point guard transfer from Florida, now at Gonzaga. He got his waiver. He's going to be eligible. The Canadian, we talked a little bit about that in episode one. We'll dive a little bit more into what that means for Gonzaga. Some of the storylines all throughout, players to keep an eye on, some of the guys that impressed and some of the teams that impressed from day one of college basketball. I watched a whole bunch of games. Uh, I watched uh, VCU, uh, Utah State. That was one of the late games. That was a pretty good one. Oklahoma State, UT Arlington. Um, UT Arlington looks pretty good. They did. They, I mean, they're out in front uh, early, and then Oklahoma State's got a bunch of really talented freshmen, including my guy Matthew Alexander Moncrief, Canadian kid from Vaughan, Ontario, which is just north of Toronto, and he's part of that big recruiting class with Kate Cunningham. And I know this is a mid-major podcast, but I know Matthew well. I mean, aside from doing this, I do play-by-play -play for Orangeville Prep, which is the number one high school basketball program in Canada doing there for what, four years, four or five years now, and I called Matthew Alexander Moncrief's entire high school career up there, and I'm just so happy to see his success against a pretty good UT Arlington team, um, and Moncrief 11.7 rebounds, and all the talk about Cade Cunningham, and now all of a sudden some of the big basketball media guys and writers starting to notice my guy Moncrief, so that was pretty cool. Watched a bit of the North Carolina College of Charleston game, uh, Charleston kept it pretty close in the first half. It was it was a pretty decent game, and then North Carolina hit that second gear and, and ended up kind of blowing them out the gym. North Carolina State, Charleston Southern, that was an absolute blowout. Uh, nothing really of note there. Drake beating Kansas 80-70. We'll talk a little bit about that. That was a great game. Sorry, Kansas State, excuse me. Memphis beats St. Mary's. Now, I don't think that's an indictment to St. Mary's not being very good. I watched a good chunk of that game. Memphis is just damn good. So I don't think it's too much of a concern for St. Mary's. Ohio State blows out. Illinois State wasn't much of a game from the get-go. I remember turning it on. It was 46-12 or some nonsense right off the bat. It was, it was a blowout. Michigan and Bowling Green I watched. Bowling Green looks damn good. They did lose 96-82 to Michigan. 
But uh, fear not, Maction people. Uh, Bowling Green looks pretty good moving ahead. And also watch a bit of the Western Kentucky beating Northern Iowa, two mid-major powerhouses. That was a good one. We'll, we'll dive a little bit into that uh, throughout the pod today. And also caught the end of the Nova Boston College game. Bit of a snoozer, but whatever. No mid-major content in that. So the first thing I wanted to touch on, Georgia State, 123-120. Mentioned off the get-go, their first win in 44 years uh, over Georgia Tech, which is great for their program. Rob Lanier, the second-year head coach. Uh, I spoke to Rob over the summer. Um, guy out of Buffalo who was an assistant at Tennessee for an easy five, six-plus years and just now taken over down at Georgia State. And it looks to be building something pretty good there. Uh, one of the guys that I was impressed with in that game, uh, it's, it's Eliel Nosemi. He's got a tough name to pronounce. 22.7 rebounds. This is a guy I called a couple of his high school games. He played at a school called TRC Academy, uh, the Rye Center, which is in Brantford, Ontario. Home of Wayne Gretzky. Um, it's about like, what, an hour and a half west of Toronto. So I saw Nosemi play high school ball. Man, this guy is a beast. He looked like a man in high school. He looks like a prototypical uh, NBA power forward. Like if you turned on NBC in the 90s to watch a Knicks game and you saw Nosemi out there on the floor, he just fits the part. So brings quite a bit of toughness to Georgia State. Uh, he was pretty good. And also uh, Justin Roberts, the star guard, 26 points for Georgia State in the win. And I went through and watched a bit of it last night and went and watched the highlights again this morning. Back and forth game. Both teams had chances to win. You know, at the end of regulation, in overtime, Tech could have won. Georgia State, you know, missing in and out. Buzzer, I believe, in second overtime to, to take it. But, man, that was that was a great game. And really enjoyed my conversation with Rob Lanier over the summer. And um, here's a little clip of him talking about just his goals for 2021 uh, for Georgia State as well as a little bit about his transition from being an assistant to the head coach. So can I have a listen to that right now? Yeah, you know what? I, I say to everyone in our program that every year is a totally different journey. You're starting over from scratch. I like the experience that we were able to gain in year one. And certainly uh, it doesn't necessarily give you anything going into year two. It's a new year. It's a new chemistry. You never have the same team twice. But I think the first and foremost is the, the chemistry that we've developed as a coaching staff because it was our first year working together. So the way we put our heads together now is a little bit different than the way we convened at this time last year because we were all coming together and connecting for the first time. and We didn't have the benefit of the experience that we just gained this past year. So uh, I do think we go in with a little bit more... Uh, focus on what it is we need to do to be the team we want to be, a better sense for who our personnel is, the makeup of our group. So there are some advantages to those things, but um, it doesn't guarantee us anything, and we simply have to get back to work. We like our personnel. Uh, we'd like to add another piece if we can, but under these circumstances, we have to be uh, particular about who we add and how we evaluate that. Um, so we don't want to roll the dice. We want to be as informed as possible, and that's the challenge. But we, we are optimistic, to say the least. I wanted to ask you, you know, past year, first year as a head coach in about 15 years, you know, an assistant, Virginia, Texas, Florida. One thing uh, you had to change about yourself over the past year in order to make that adjustment from an assistant to a head coach. I think 
think it was more about the opportunity. You know, certainly when you go from being someone who's making suggestions to making decisions, you know, you take on a different posture. But I, I don't know if it's a matter of changing anything. It's more a matter of the opportunity and you stepping up to the plate. And uh, the leadership aspect of your personality has to go to another level because you're responsible uh, for an entire program and the people in it, at least from a professional standpoint. So you have to step into that role. And so it's, it's more about that than changing anything in particular about myself personally. It's about stepping into the role that is required of the leader of the program. So there's Rob Lanier, Georgia State head coach. I also talked pretty in-depth with him about my guy Joe Jones. Joe didn't see any action last night. Not sure if he's on the you know COVID list or injured or what, but um, had a good freshman campaign for Georgia State. And I called Joe's games the final two years of high school up at Orangeville Prep. Great kid, one of my favorite guys. I'm, I'm always rooting for him. Had a good freshman campaign. Joe Jones is actually the younger brother of Greg Oden the former uh, number one pick in the, I'm going to say, 2007 NBA draft ahead of Kevin Durant. KD went two. Greg Oden went number one out of Ohio State and battled injuries and, um, you know, went over and played in China, made a little bit of a comeback late in his career. So I've chatted with Joe about, you know, sort of the pressure of growing up as Greg's little brother in that and um, play some audio of that throughout the season. But that's one guy to watch out for, Joe Jones at Georgia State. Some of the other games I wanted to get into and mention off the top, Drake beating Kansas State. I mean, that's a bit of a shocker. Bruce Weber, I spoke to Bruce over the summer. I mean, this guy's forgotten more basketball than I'll ever know. But coming off a bit of a tough year last year for K-State, and this is a bounce-back year for him. A guy with his resume is going to get that pass, just like a guy like Roy Williams at North Carolina last year gets a bit of a pass. But, you know, for K-State to come out and, you know, lose an opener to Drake, one of the guys I loved on Drake, watched a good chunk of that, Roman Penn. This guy's a junior guard. I mean, he was dominant. I thought he was the best player on the floor for significant chunks of the game. This guy's a junior, a transfer out of Siena. So that's one guy. Really keep an eye on him moving ahead. And now Drake, definitely going to be a contender in the Missouri Valley Conference um, after what I saw. I mean, you know, when you look at Illinois State getting blown out by Ohio State, you don't know where they're going to be this year. And then as far as the MVC, another team to, to watch out for, Northern Iowa. But that was another one of the fun games I watched. Northern Iowa loses to Western Kentucky. Now, Western Kentucky, this is a team that's been on my radar for the past couple of years under head coach Rick Stansbury. They have players. I mean, Western Kentucky has got elite talent, man. One of the guys I've really enjoyed over the past couple of years, senior guard Josh Anderson. This is a guy out of Baton Rouge. Um, was, was a four-star prospect coming out of high school and had like a, several high major offers and chose to go play for Rick Stansbury at uh, Western Kentucky. And he had, I mean, he was a bit of mediocre game there, seven points uh, yesterday in the win over Northern Iowa. Uh, Northern Iowa looked pretty good. Um, guys hitting threes and stuff like that. I think they don't have the athleticism from what I've seen of Western Kentucky, but they got guys that can play, so they're definitely going to be in the conversation as well in the Missouri Valley. But Western Kentucky, man, they look to be 
you know, definitely the cream of the crop in Conference USA. Moving ahead, um, Tavion Hollingsworth, 26 points in the win for Western Kentucky. And then the guy that I, I knew nothing about until yesterday and watched him. And now this is a guy you all need to watch throughout the season. Davion McKnight. This guy's a freshman for Western Kentucky. Mr. Basketball last year in the state of Kentucky. Now he's only 6'1", so you wonder, how does a guy who's... Mr. Basketball in the state of Kentucky not, you know, fall under the radar of the Kentucky Wildcats and Coach Calipari. Well, I mean, Cal's not recruiting six-foot guards or six-one. They've got him listed at, which means he's probably 5'11", six-foot. But the guy could ball, man. He's flat-out scored 21 points in that game, and he was electric. So keep an eye out. One on Western Kentucky all year. And Davion McKnight, man, this guy's... This guy's going to be a player throughout the season. Another game yesterday that piqued my interest, I was pretty surprised with, Abilene Christian absolutely hammering East Tennessee State, 70-47. Uh, that was one of the early games. Abilene Christian, I mean, they're out of the Southland Conference, which is, you know, Stephen F. Austin has been the cream of the crop uh, in that conference over the past couple of years. I believe Abilene made it to the tournament in 2019, so they won the, the Southland two years ago, I guess, and they look to be pretty damn good. I mean, East Tennessee State, this is a team that won the SoCon last year. 2020 champs, they were going to be in the NCAA tournament. Uh, 2017 in the NCAA tournament, it's a good team. Obviously, I'm assuming they've lost some guys, you know, after you win a conference and uh, guys' graduation and, and transfer, but um, Abilene Christian, that's a team to uh, keep an eye on moving ahead. I mentioned Bowling Green against Michigan. They look to be good. Bowling Green, one of the favorites in the MAC from some of the stuff I've read and heard. So Bowling Green fans, don't be discouraged by that loss to Michigan. Michigan, I mean, some of the players Jawan Howard's bringing in, like, damn, these guys, you know, he's got NBA guys there. And they hung with them. It, it was it was, it was, was a good contest. Game could have went either way. Now, Michigan pulled it pulled away late, but um, that's a team to, to keep an eye on moving ahead. Now, the big story of the week, I touched on it during episode one of the podcast, which, by the way, we are now live on iTunes. So episode one, I just kind of did it with the camera. I was like, whatever. Now kind of put a little bit of money into Got a bit of a better microphone here. So hopefully uh, the audio quality a little bit better this time on the pod. But please uh, click subscribe on iTunes and Amazon and Google Play, wherever you're listening to this. And, of course, drop me a line on Twitter at Mr. McKee, M-R-M-C-K-E-E. And we're trying to build the Undrafted Free Agent Socials. So hit me up on Instagram, undrafted underscore F-A, or just type in undrafted free agent. Should come up. Same thing on Twitter. We're building it. But also hit me up. Uh, I mentioned my Twitter and my Instagram as well. And, of course, check out undraftedfreeagent.com. But hopefully build this. And, man, I'm stoked that we are now on iTunes. But one of the big stories of it was yesterday, the day before, Gonzaga transfer Andrew Nemhart now eligible. Now, mentioned during my last podcast, they're handing out, you know, transfer waivers like candy on Halloween. Just here you go. The reasoning behind it, uh, you know, normally you used to have to have a good reason. Oh, my mom's sick. My aunt's sick. I want to be closer to home. Well, leaving Florida to go to outside the Seattle area for Nemhard is a guy from Aurora, which is about 40 minutes north of Toronto. And so the reasoning behind it, I don't know. The reasoning for the waiver is it's 2020. Let me let me play for God's sake. So Mark View and his people were able to convince the NCAA to allow Nemhart to play. And I talked about it. I think he's an NBA guy. 
with him in that lineup. Gonzaga, a legitimate number one seed. I mean, number one in the AP ranking this week. I think they got they opened with Kansas, and then I think they were supposed to play Tennessee. That game got postponed or canceled. So now West Virginia's coming in, so still a very tough opponent. Tough start to the season for Gonzaga, but come March, April, whenever the hell this tournament's going to be, with Andrew Nemhart in that lineup, watch out for them. He's he's as good as it comes. He's a future NBA guy, um, and and keep an eye on that. I said, I said I've interviewed Andrew at the U18 FIBA Americas. And he's a competitor. He's a fighter. Take a little bit of it. Listen to this audio where I asked him kind of, hey, what's your goal here, man? This guy's, man, I, I want to win. I'm a damn winner. He's got that kind of attitude. So take a listen to that audio right now. Me chatting with Nemar briefly uh, at the uh, FIBA U18 Americas. What are you looking to get out of this experience this week? I'm looking to get a gold medal out of this week. But uh, I'm just looking to kind of help motivate the teams as captain. Trying to lead the guys and just push everybody and hope everybody succeeds and win, win a gold medal. So that's Andrew Nemhart right there, Gonzaga point guard. Um, I'm surprised things didn't work out properly for him under Mike White at Florida. Thought it was, I mean, a great fit. Him playing in the SEC and an opportunity to showcase himself against some of the best players in the world. He had a great freshman year. And then he put his name uh, in the NBA draft, tested the waters, opted to come back. And the sophomore season at Florida, it just didn't work for him. I, I don't know what it was. I don't know whether the system didn't work for him. Unhappy just in the environment. You know, who knows? Whatever it is. And I'm also very surprised that he picked Gonzaga as his destination. That's not a slag on Gonzaga, we all know what they are. It's, I mean, what is it? 16 West Coast Conference championships and 20, 20 something years for Mark Few. I mean, his record is unparalleled. But when you think of the, some of some of the schools that were interested in Nemhart, Duke, Duke was a candidate to get Nemhart. Oregon, Stanford was in the mix. Creighton. So, I mean, you think Creighton, huh? but um, his younger brother Ryan, uh, who's currently playing at Montverde, the big school down in Florida, where R.J. Barrett's out of, and you know, a whole bunch of NBA guys and elite NCAA players. And uh, obviously Andrew himself played at, at Montverde. His younger brother Ryan there, he's committed to Creighton. So you thought maybe the two brothers would play with each other. And But uh, alas, it's not to be. I've, I called a couple of his brother's games, Ryan, when he was at Vaughn Secondary in high school. Pretty good player. I don't think he's as good, nowhere near as good as his brother, but he's, he's going to make an impact for Creighton moving ahead. Another game I watched just briefly Green Bay against Minnesota, and I don't really want to talk about Green Bay because they got hammered, but you know I'm a Toronto guy, so shout out to my guy Marcus Carr. I think he's the best Canadian playing in the NCAA this year. Why can't I say NCAA? He's the best Canadian playing college basketball this year, 35 points. Uh, he's going to get a look at the NBA, so shout out to Marcus Carr, uh, and uh, what a fantastic game he had. Other story, one of the big stories from yesterday that I got a laugh at, Sanford. So Sanford won 174-99 against a D3 school called Greenville from Illinois. So Sanford scored 174 points. I mean, that's pretty impressive. But one of the questions is, how do you allow a D3 team to score 99 on you? I mean, it's cool that you won and you almost hung you know, two hundo on them, and you probably could have, but how do you allow a D3 school to score 99 points on you? So I'm not going to give Sanford any credit for scoring that. I'm going to, you know, give them a knock for, for 
uh, allowing that kind of defense to happen. So get it right, Sanford, moving ahead. Another storyline I saw this week that I got a bit of a laugh at. We talked about Rick Pitino at Iona last week and um, what he, what his impact is going to be for that school as well as in the MAAC. And I saw on Twitter this week a big um, – they've got a billboard already. Welcome, Rick Pitino, somewhere on the campus at Iona. So big things are happening there. Now more games on tap today. Uh, Memphis keeping on rolling. I know it's not mid-major. That was one of the teams I loved watching. They're just so athletic. You know, matching, seeing them play against St. Mary's, it was night and day. They're so much bigger, longer, faster. And keep in mind, Memphis lost two guys to the NBA. James Wiseman, top pick. And I can't remember the other guy. Another big forward, another first-round pick. So two first-round guys, and Memphis still back at it. And Again, I know it's not a mid-major, but... Um, uh, I just enjoyed watching them against St. Mary's. One of the mid-majors that I did love, VCU. They looked really good. They were far and away the better team uh, over Utah State last night, so that's another team to keep an eye on. They haven't been VCU since Shaka Smart made the move to Texas, and then Will Wade followed him, and obviously he, he kind of, you know, Shaka left him with a pretty full cupboard of players, and Will Wade came in and, and had a, some pretty decent success at VCU and carried on that torch. But since those two guys have left him, we'll wait. No, obviously down at uh, LSU and <laughs> the FBI seems to keep calling his number for, for whatever the heck he's doing down there. But I spoke to Will, I had an interview with him. I thought he was a good dude and I'm rooting for him, but uh, he's, um, he's walking a fine line down there at LSU, but VCU looks to be getting back to being VCU. So that's another team to keep an eye on moving ahead. So, Thanks for joining us here, episode two. Going to watch, well, I'm going to watch a ton of NFL today. It's American Thanksgiving. I'm Canadian. So speaking of that, so speaking of that, excuse me, I've had a couple people slagging me on YouTube and this because of how I pronounce Gonzaga. Now, I'm Canadian. I'm not American. I'm not from the Midwest or from Western New York. I'm not going to say Gonzaga or, or however they would say it in Wisconsin. I'm Canadian. We speak the Queen's English. It's Gonzaga. Okay, so there's a few things I'm going to pronounce that may sound a little weird to you Americans out there listening on the pod or wherever you're listening to us. I saw someone downloaded the pod from Hong Kong, so that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, so remember, click subscribe, keep following us here, we're going to keep building it, putting some more money into this pod, getting better audio, better video for you guys to check out. And you know, as far as mid-major content, there's just not a lot out there. I had a skim. Uh, through iTunes and checked out some of the other pods out there talking mid-major. Um, not that good, not that this is great yet, but uh, we're getting there. It's a work in progress. So click subscribe on YouTube, the uh, iTunes pod. Drop me a line on Twitter, at Mr. McKee, M-C-K-E-E. And, of course, check out the undraftedfreeagent.com socials and check out the website. Lots more content coming. The beating of my heart.